From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Staff at Upstate University Hospital do practice drills on a variety of disaster scenarios, including what would happen during a pandemic like the one our nation is dealing with. Hospital Chief Executive Officer Dr. Robert Corona is with me by telephone to tell us about the hospital response here in Syracuse. Thank you for making time for HealthLink on Air, Dr. Corona. Thank you, Amber. It's a pleasure. Now, I know the hospital was prepared for this, but can you walk us through what that means? What, what are you doing today? Well, we've been preparing for all kinds of uh, crises or emergencies um, I'm not sure that anybody was prepared for this. Um, we do we do pandemic testing, uh, but this is uh, this is pretty extreme. Um, so what we did is we established what's called incident command, and uh, incident command essentially takes over the decision making for the hospital, uh, actually our entire health system, which extends out into the outpatient world. Uh, as well as the hospital. And um, we are uh, about a group of 80 people, all with expertise in areas like, in this case, infectious disease, uh, other clinical areas like, excuse me, medicine and surgery, people that are expert in logistics, materials management. You can imagine trying to manage all the personal protective equipment, getting ventilators and so on is, is quite a task. There's been a, an outpouring of community support and even international support to provide us with uh, material supplies. Um, so this team meets uh, twice a day uh, for an hour. It's very disciplined, very organized. Uh, decisions are made. Uh, data is updated and we execute and it's uh, pivoting and making uh, uh, really impactful decisions hour by hour. And we should point out these 80 people are not gathering together. A lot of this is done remotely, right? Yeah. Well, it started out a little bit of gathering together, but it's um, it's now all remote. Um, we, we have people that are at the front line. They get exposed. They have to be quarantined, isolated, tested. Um, we have uh, backup plans for everybody. You know, we're we're working seven days a week. Uh, many of us working, you know, twenty-hour days. So we we try to give uh, individuals a, a break every once in a while. Um, but it's a grind. Uh, but we know uh, we have to do it. It's uh, it's it's necessary. So how does the incident incident command structure interface with Onondaga County's emergency management office? Because they, they activated well, themselves too, right? Right. So the county has the public health officials um, that have responsibilities uh, to the county and the in the state the Department of Health. So we're a component of that, and we provide um, information and work collaboratively with them. But we also have to operate our own uh, health system, and um, that. Uh, requires uh, work independent of what the county is doing, although we coordinate with them um, and share information. Uh, We also work with the other hospitals in the community, too. Um, We've had um, exchanges of equipment that we might have um, a little bit extra of, and then we receive equipment from 
uh, from another hospital that they may have a little extra equipment. We uh, parsed out 10% of our personal protective equipment to the wonderful uh, frontline practitioners and private practice out in the community to help protect them. And they, in turn, uh, protected our emergency room from getting overloaded with concerned patients. It's been an amazing um, observation to see the collaboration that's occurred in the community, how uh, people have banded together. If people dropping off masks, people offering to build ventilators, people building things on 3D printers in their homes, uh, very inspiring. Wow. Let's talk about the impact coronavirus has had on the daily operations. I know elective surgeries have been postponed, I guess indefinitely. Uh, many employees are working from home. What are some other examples of things that have happened because of the pandemic? Well, the intent is to preserve the protective um, information protective uh, equipment that we have, personal protective equipment, or you'll hear the term PPE, and and most of all to protect um, our healthcare workers who are the front line. I mean, these, these uh, individuals are going out there every day. They're showing up. They're not complaining. Sometimes they have uh, the, the minimal of protective equipment, although we, we won't send anybody into the front line without the appropriate equipment. The, the recommendations are changing on a day-by-day basis as we learn more. Um, but what we try to do is to minimize the uh, contact. So uh, we have canceled the elective surgeries. We still do emergency surgeries. Um, we're trying to separate the people who are rule-out infection uh, from people that have other medical problems so that um, we can focus uh the use of the protective equipment in, in only certain areas where where we cluster the, the patients that are rule out for uh, the COVID-19 virus. And then we've created a thing called virtual visits where patients can that are in the hospital or in the emergency room can download an app where they can communicate with their healthcare professionals that are in the hospital, but the professionals don't have to come in the room and interface with them if they um, don't need to. So if there was just a question or they had a, uh, a concern that um, they needed to be observed by the individual, they could do it right off of their, their iPhone or their iPad or any other communication device. And that, that diminishes the exposure of our um, frontline providers. We also are doing telemedicine visits because our clinics have been closed and um, in, in some specialties, you can almost take care of every single patient um, with uh, telemedicine, um, uh, like neurology and some of the uh, diabetes issues we take care of by telemedicine. So that, uh, that's another way we handle it. So the patients are still getting care during this time. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Robert Corona. He's the Chief Executive Officer at Upstate University Hospital. Now, Upstate also has created uh, the coronavirus assessment tool, and and there's a hotline as well, um, but the assessment tool is online at upstate.edu so that the community can go in. If if someone's having symptoms, they can go to this tool, and it will help decide what they should do, right? That's correct. Um, So the tool was developed with 
a team from upstate and Microsoft. We call it a chatbot, and it, it's essentially a, a basic artificial intelligence system that allows um, an individual to uh, um, go uh, online and um, they answer a few questions that the computer uh, has an algorithm to, and it gives them uh, a likelihood of whether or not um, they have an infection or they've had an exposure and what the next step should be. Okay. Well, one of the things that amazes me is that with the huge effort devoted to the COVID-19 preparations, all of the other hospital services are still going on. I, I mean, uh, people don't stop getting sick for other reasons just because of the pandemic, right? We still have a, tra yeah. a trauma team that has to be ready and a burn unit and a stroke team, and people are still delivering babies at community. That all still has to yeah. go along at the same time, right? Yeah, the things that have to happen have to happen, and uh, we accommodate them. I mean, our emergency rooms are still seeing patients, and we're still using telemedicine in our clinics, and um, uh, we're trying to uh, to take care of everybody the best we can. Um, we're just uh, we're just uh, trying to minimize the things that are not essential, and um, and uh, as this plays out. Um, once we come back online, we'll we'll grad, gradually ramp ramp up the the uh, ability to, to see patients live. But um, so far, we're we're doing a good job. The um, the management of patients is working well using this technology, and this might be what the future is going to hold. Um, it's been talked about a lot. Um, it, the technology has been available, but uh, the medical system has slowly adopted it, and now we, uh, we've adopted it quite quickly, and it, it uh, seems to be helping a lot. They say necessity is the mother of invention, so yeah, here we are having to put this. Been, been well, um, the governor also has asked all the hospitals in New York to double their occupancy ability, uh, to double the number of beds that they have. Does Upstate University Hospital have a plan for that, how to accomplish that? Yeah, we do. The uh, the governor uh, mandated that every hospital CEO sign off on a plan. I was fortunate to have an amazing team of um, operations experts, clinicians that uh, worked uh, pretty much 24-7 um, to uh, get this plan in place. And so he mandated 50% increase and um, our, our team was able to put forth a, a plan that could increase our bed capacity by 77%. Huh. So we went a little bit uh, above and beyond what was uh, asked of us by the, the governor. He, I'm sure he would love 100%, which would bring us to close to about 1,500 beds. But um, we were able to put together a plan you know the the staffing and uh, uh, obtaining the the beds and making space for them uh, is uh, sometimes very difficult. So um, I'm I'm very impressed with the plan we put forward. All the CEOs in the state, uh, all the hospital CEOs in the state, had to have that plan submitted to the Department of Health yesterday, and the governor is showing the statistics uh, today in his press conference. 
And so it's more than just saying you'll double up rooms, or is that is that part of it? Putting private rooms into making them doubles, or that's part of it. Uh, taking uh, operating rooms and turning them into intensive care unit rooms, taking uh, uh, exercise rooms or gyms, turning them into rooms, uh, patient rooms. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, imagination that had to be used to uh, to get to that number of beds. So does it all have to be within your existing facility, or could you choose an empty building and, and say you're going to fill that up and make that be your overflow? Well, right now it's all within our existing facilities. But he also he made the original ask of the CEOs of the hospitals, but then he later also asked for individuals that owned ambulatory surgery centers and other uh, outpatient-type facilities to do the same, figure out if they could double the capacity of beds there. So we have uh, options to use other places, um, potentially dorms. There have been a lot of hotel uh, owners who have contacted uh, us and offered uh, hotels either for patients or for um, maybe traveling uh, medical staff that have come to help, that they could come and stay in the hotel and they would provide um, uh, uh, food for them as well at, at a very reasonable price. Okay. Well, we do have a lot of listeners in the community. You mentioned some people that have offered to make masks and um, that are using the 3D printers to help build things that are needed. Is there a way for people who want to help out to get involved? Yeah, there is. Um, uh, m many people have had contacts of various people at Upstate, so that's one way in that we, we channel them to the appropriate person. Um, there is a uh, there is a COVID uh, email that I don't have handy, uh, but that that is another way to uh, to communicate. And then there's somebody that will read read the emails and, and triage uh, the. Uh, offer to the appropriate area. So we will uh, get that information and we'll post it online at uh, upstateshealthlinkonair.org. Let me ask you finally how you envision things playing out. In other words, the steps that have been taken so far seem like they're taken in advance because we're planning for this. So what does it look like when the number of cases in our community stop dropping? How are things going to get back to normal is there a plan for that already in place yeah well this is a work in progress it's um it's tough to predict so the latest uh uh data people have put together the uh peak in new york state to be in 21 days um and then it will take a couple of weeks after that to kind of see if the uh if the number of hospitalizations and people that are uh, testing positive starts to drop. Um, so uh, we're taking it uh, one day at a time, but we anticipate that we'll start to, you know, open up our our uh, clinics and um, and slowly uh, schedule more surgeries. And um, we may have to uh, help our our friends downstate. Um, because if they get overwhelmed, um, the governor said he's going to be sending patients uh, upstate to our hospitals here. And it was uh, stated that we might have to go down and get the patients. So 
Um, it's really hard to predict, but um, a, a, all the predictions on when we're going to hit the peak uh, are somewhere around 21 days. Lots of important information. Thank you to Dr. Robert Corona. He's the Chief Executive Officer at Upstate University Hospital. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.